Hey guys, welcome back to the Alphardist Podcast, official podcast of digital and creative media works, where each week we take something from pop culture and try to break it down to better understand it. My name is David. You said welcome back. That's the first time you've said welcome back. No, I go, hey guys, welcome back. No, you say, hey guys, welcome. Oh. You've never said welcome back. Well, that's upsetting. You added an extra syllable, which is why I was a bit that's caught off upsetting. guard. I made, you... a, I made a face. Hi, I'm Ben. Yeah, I was going to say, that's about where we're at with our intros at the moment. Yeah. Um, we're still getting back into the new year. We're still not quite in the groove yet. We've I'm been... very tired. We're on holiday don't think. Don't know if you can tell. I'm very tired. I'm also very tired, but we're here to deliver you the goods that you want, because sometimes, Benjamin, you've got to sacri- you lay your body on the line for art. You just got to put it down. You got to put it down. Just on lay the- it down like a like a brick. Lay it. D- <laughs> lay yourself <laughs> on the tracks like a brick for art, so that you can derail the train, the train of, the train of art. You got to put us down art. like a penny on the railroad track. That's to us. derail yeah. the the train of analytical discussions. That's, that's a really that's, bad analogy. That's terrible. <laughs> that's us, the bad penny of podcasting. Um, okay. Well, now that that horrific sentence is over. Um, this month we're talking about how different media uses, uh, what it has to the best of its advantage, whether that be budget, time constraints, style, or source material. And this week is no different. If you watched last week, you'll know what we're talking about. But this week, we're talking about the efficiency of a series of unfortunate events, season three. That German efficiency. I made that joke last week. You did last week. I think it, and it wasn't funny then. So I'm surprised you went for a double dip. See if it's funny next Double dip. (laughs) Comedy comes in threes, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. It'd be funny the third time. Super don't think it will, but let's find out. Um, Speaking of third times. Yeah, so Unfortunate Events Season 3. Season 3 um, is uh, 2019. It came out like at the start of the year on the first of the year. Um, and in my opinion, it's so it's obviously based... It's the third season based on the books by Lemony Snicket, which are then part of a greater kind of world. Um, uh, and, and it's interesting to me because this, se- this season is f- so far for me both the best and the worst in that it surpasses the source material, but also like... I'm not sure if it's any good, and I can't decide. Yeah, I'm having, like, a hard time with this show, because there's, they're a year apart, yet the show, the, the each episode is, well, each season is so sort of close to the previous ones. It's not like a, it's not like a BoJack, where you can generally go in with each season, and it'll kind of be a fairly self-contained, detached thing from the other seasons. This one, it's like, no, it's just, it's the lead-on third sequel second sequel what it's technically second uh, sequel? how do you how do i don't you know how you explain third it season of it's what really should just be like one, one big one season. season because it's all sort of discreet each yeah. book is except for the last episode which is sort of not any yeah, but like not, it's very weird um we'll get to it it's very, <laughs> also very odd um it's interesting to, that you mentioned that too, because it is very much they could have released this in one block and it would have worked i mean it, it would have worked season seems wrong it would have been very long and very hard to get through. Yeah. So I think they like it needed gaps to not be like a complete fucking drag. Agreed. But it's it's hard to I mean and they kind of sort of poke fun at the fact that the the length of time that this story covers is like a year max, well, except for the last episode. Technically 2 years max. Yeah, I mean if that cuz like the first season's pretty tight. Yeah. And the so the second max a year because they each have a birthday is what mm-hmm. i'm basing that off yeah um but yeah it's across three years yes and they and they you know they poke fun at that once which is fun and i mean but even- it's it's like it's still you're like okay yeah like this does actually only take oh, place quick. across a couple months which would be cool if they'd done that somehow 
I don't know. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You'd lose. I mean, they would have they would have had to condense it, which I feel like would have lost. Which is what happened with the film. That's why it didn't really work. Yeah. In the same way. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we'll kind of go through. Um. Well, I, I think we'll we'll go through the summary because I think it's interesting. Um, how the season plays out, and maybe the summary will reveal some of the pacing issues that we'll talk about a bit later. Sure. Um, and how some of the structure is not, you know. Maybe the best it could kosher. be. Um, <laughs> Adam and Patrick are yelling at each other in the live chat, which I love. Oh, um, so, Violet and Klaus escape from the out-of-control caravan that we see at the end of season two and seek shelter in a cave. Snow Scouts, including Carmely the Splats, and is it Spats or Splats? Like, Spats. Spats. My phone is autocorrected to Splats, which is more fun. Um, there are so many errors in this synopsis, so yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I didn't spell any of the names right. <laughs> I include a couple of Spats and an undercover Quigley Quagmire. The Baudelaire's end up at the VFD's mountain ha- mountainside headquarters. Olaf's troop catches Sunny in the meantime and make a camp on Mount Fraught nearby. Fernald, or, or Hookie, uh, becomes increasingly disillusioned with Olaf and develops a bond with Sunny. Elsewhere, a pregnant Kit Snicket escapes the two evil mentors of Count Olaf, the woman with hair but no beard, and the man with a beard but no hair. Violet and Quigley reach Sunny, but Sunny convinces them to let her remain as an undercover agent. During a disagreement between Olaf and Fernald, Sunny is thrown from the mountain. Olaf captures the Snow Scouts, intending to kill their parents en masse. In light of this, Carmelita joins Olaf and Esme while the Baudelaire's escape on a daring downhill sled ride with Sunny. With Sonny. Yes, I'm glad you added that. I'm back, baby. <laughs> Sonny's not dead. Yes. Um, <laughs> back in the city, Kit and Poe discover dozens of fires are burning. Olaf and Co have succeeded in making even more orphans. The Baudelaire's run into Fiona, where they... Sorry. Yes. The Baudelaire's run into Fiona, where they also re-meet Phil. Fiona owns a submarine, and the, orphan- the orphans begin to realize that if they can only find the sugar bowl, they might learn the truth about their parents and finally be safe but they have to get to the last safe place by Thursday. Meanwhile, Olaf and his new family rent a wicked submarine in order to pursue the orphans. Klaus and Fiona deduce that the Super Bowl should wash up near the Gorgonian Grotto, the location of the extremely dangerous Medusoid Mycelium Experiments, a highly toxic and infectious mushroom. The Baudelaire's reunite with Quigley, and the, with Quigley at the Grotto, but the toxic mushrooms are between them and the friends part way once again, the sugar bowl in Quigley's hands. The Baudelaire's discover, too late, that Sunny's suit has already been infected by the mushroom, and she has but an hour to live. We also learn that Fernaldo and Fiona are brother and sister. Fiona offers Olaf a sealed helmet containing the toxic mushroom, and gives it to Olaf. Eventually, we learn that Fernaldo burned burned down the aquatic center and the VFD research station to halt the development of the mycelium. With With Fiona and Fernaldo's aid, the orphans escape, returning to Briny Beach, where Mr. Poe is waiting for them. The children refuse his help, instead going with Kit Snicket, departing for the Hotel Dunumont. As it transpires, a person with, initial- with the initials JS has summoned all of VFD's allies and enemies together for a penultimate meeting. Whilst everyone thinks it's Jacques Snicket, we know this can't be the case, as he's already perished. The orphans meet identical twins, Frank and Ernest, the owners of the hotel, and know they can only trust Frank. At the Hotel Dunumont, Kit warns the Baudelaire's of villains to the VFD and ask them to signal to her if the hotel is not safe for the Thursday VFD meeting. Actually meet Frank and Ernest, twin brothers that co-manage the hotel, but as they do, they spot Olaf, Esme, and Carmelita. They sneak off by themselves, each seeming to help Frank or Ernest with setting up the means to recover the sugar bowl that is being flown in by a crow. 
though it's unclear who is Frank and who is Ernest. When the Baudelaire's compare their stories, they determine there must be a third Denouement brother, and discover Dewey Denouement, who manages the sub-sub-library under the hotel filled with VFD information. Returning to the hotel, they are confronted by Olaf with a harpoon gun, but the children decide to protect Dewey instead. A deterred Olaf pushes the gun into the Baudelaire's hands, and they inadvertently drop it, causing it to go off and impale Dewey. The next day, the High Court takes the orphan's case, and as things are going so well, Olaf turns the tide. He convinces all present that the children are guilty of countless murders and arsons, which they kind of are. They then realize that the other judges are Olaf's mentors, and in the confusion, Olaf kidnaps, kidnaps Strauss. The children go with him, and together, Olaf and the kids escape the hotel in a boat from the roof, the orphans finally realizing the authorities can no longer help them. Take a drink. During <laughs> nearly, these there. Ev- nearly there. Oh, boy, uh, no, we're not. <laughs> oh, God. During these events, flashbacks show Olaf, Esme, and the Baudelaire's, and the Snickets were connected through VFD, and that Lemony Snicket and Beatrice Baudelaire had once been in love before he fled, taking blame for an act Beatrice had done, killing Olaf's father. In the present, a panicked Lemony Snicket arrives, trying to chase down Kit, but finds Strauss and the others watching the fire of the hotel. She gives him a picture of the Baudelaire's while stating her failure to protect them. Olaf and the Baudelaire's are caught in a storm and washed ashore on a very remote island. The Baudelaire's are taken by Ishmael and other inhabitants who have shunned modern conveniences. The children find their parents who come to the island after the VHD schism, creating a home with some modern technology within, the, within an apple tree. But their parents return to the mainland before Violet's birth. Ishmael now secretly inhabits that home. Kit, chasing down the Baudelaire's, is also caught in the storm and washes up on a raft made of books. The Islanders try to see who it is when Olaf appears, claiming to be Kit, but Ishmael sees through the disguise immediately, then impales him with a harpoon gun. But this also shatters the helmet containing the medusoid mycelium, infecting everyone on the island. Ishmael and co. immediately take off in an outrigger to try to make it to a horseradish factory, while the Baudelaire's learn that the apples of the tree have been modified by their parents to dilute the fungus's effect. Seeing Kit struck on the stack of books, the Baudelaire's convince Olaf to do one last good thing and recover Kit before she dies of drowning. Kit, however, is unable to eat the apple because she is pregnant, and she dies after giving birth to her daughter that she names Beatrice. The Baudelaire's bury Olaf and Kit, spend a year on the island, then decide to return to the mainland with Beatrice. Several years later, a preteen Beatrice unites with her uncle Lemony, who had been able to trace the Baudelaire's fate up to the hotel fire, and shares some of their adventures with him. End credits. Oh man, this is a long one. It's a long one, but there's only like five episodes, which is part of my concern of like- Seven. Se- is there only- is there seven? There's seven. Wow, okay. There's two- there's three- there's, there's four- well, there's seven books that this mm-hmm. one covers. Um, So there's like three stories and then the end, and they're each split into two. Interesting. So there's like part one and part two of each of them. Yeah, which is curious because I think- you know, the other seasons were had a very interesting pacing where you kind of watch one episode, then the other. Like, you watch part one, part two. Yeah. And then you watch the part one, part two, and they felt very, like, delineated. Yeah. But kind of, kind of like their own unique contained adventures. Whereas this season was much more so part one, part two, and part two leads into part... Like, it, it very much kind Yeah, of- it wasn't as, like, directly split down the line. Like, there are obvious points between each episode. So, like, the... The ending of episode two mm-hmm. and this, where they go down the, the mountain and end up on the water and they find the um 
the submarine. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a pretty clear split, but it there's no... Unlike the first two seasons where they had like a hard reset between, yeah there's usually quite a hard like Poe would pick them up and they would go so they, they would, would go actively be, somewhere be else be a great travel that they, yeah. that they undertook whereas between. i think with this because they were really trying to wrap it up they had to kind of they had to kind of bring everyone together so like you know you have kit who is a pretty much a main character throughout this whole season um you have uh what's his name F- fernand F- fernand Fernard. Hookie. We can call him Hookie. I don't want to call him Hookie. That's me. His name's Fernard. Fernard. Uh, We have Fernard who sort of becomes more of a main character, especially where they just take the other hench people and just throw them away. Which I wouldn't have minded if they'd done that over time, like over the season two, maybe. I don't know. It felt very much like they wanted to clear the stage for his story. Yeah, and they they realized, oh shit, we should have done this ages ago. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, the pacing, because these are an hour each, right? Yes. Um, And the Uh, last one's longer. No, the the first four mm-hmm. episodes are half an hour each. And then the last three episodes are an hour each. Yeah, I think sounds right. It gets longer towards the end. It starts really dragging out. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think it was fine. Like they really like Hookie's. God damn it, Fanad's <laughs> character arc really wraps up within the first four episodes. Yeah. After that, he's just like he's whatever. Just a- they just well, they just wrapped it up. He's just present. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it was it was an okay redemption arc. I mean, I kind of liked him. He's easily like the best henchman, in, I, I, like throughout the entire well, show. I, th- I thought it was easily. I don't know if I would call it a redemption. I've been kind of going back and forth on this, and also all the episodes are different lengths. So there's no point guessing. One of them is the last three are all fifty. Yeah, and the rest of them vary there. between thirty six and, and forty five. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it's it's interesting that that. Because the whole season seems like it finally takes all of what's happened and then puts like a like actually challenges the moral compass of everyone involved. Where right. like like Olaf isn't a completely bad guy. Like like he's pretty evil, but like he's not totally bad. Um, uh, like Hookie has his like quote unquote redemption, but it's not really redemption. So the redemption is because just... he doesn't really change. Like it's kind of interesting. Um, well, I think he does. I, I don't know. It to he, a degree. I don't think that he changes in this story. I just think the way that he acts towards the Baudelaire's changes. Right, because he yeah. suddenly has a reason to like, but I don't, I don't know that his character. Well, I think it, I think change. it's. I don't think it's a change. I think it's more of a reveal of. That's what it more is. More of his character. It's, it's a reveal of more. The more, more you learn about these characters, the more you learn how much depth there is, and the more you go, okay, well, there isn't good or bad in this story. Yeah. Like, and because that's always been that was always a big theme of the first part too. Is like there are wicked people and there are good people, or there are no, wicked and noble people. But I liked in the season that that much like in the books, it finally challenged like. The, the things the Baudelaire's were willing to do to get where they are now, and, and, and it actually challenged that moral complexity. And that's, yeah. I think, the core of this season is going, well, what are the actual consequences if you behave like this, you know, long term? Is, is it, is it c- can you just turn around and go, well, you know, th- th- do whatever you can to defeat the villain? Like, because then don't you become the villain? And that's why yeah. I really like the end of that, the uh, going to the last episode where they're with Olaf. There's that beautiful shot where they're in the sailboat and it's like the crimson kind of sunset behind yeah. them. I was like, ooh, that's, <laughs> the, that's spicy. Like, I liked that. I liked that they helped him escape. Like, yeah. You know, you how close do you get to the fire before, you know, it all goes, it all goes tits up. Like, Yeah, I think that part two of the hotel episodes, so the, the sixth episode of the season, I think that one is probably like, probably the best i would at least say mm-hmm. like my favorite episode of the season just because it is that it's the climax of everything you also leading up to this point you yeah you really learn the most i i felt that the the final episode was kind of 
I don't know, like a weird, almost convenient kind of, I don't know. Like, I didn't actually realize that. I thought the last episode was actually added. I didn't actually realize it was a book because mm-hmm. I, I haven't read the books. Yeah. Um, but I have, a, I have a vague idea of how the books work. So when I saw, you know, like seeing, especially like the names of all the episodes, you know, you have like the XY, the XY, all the mm-hmm. alliteration. Like there's a certain way that those titles are made. And, and then the last one. episode just being the end. And especially with the ending of um, part of that of that sixth episode being so you know the, the it could just end there sure yeah. like it would be missing a few plot threads or like what is in the sugar bowl like what happened to kit stuff like that but the you know like it rounds out the story of lemony snicket it rounds out you know it, there's sort of like a mystery of like oh what happens to the baudelaire's like it, you could easily have like a death of the author kind of situation where like the book just ends there or well, the that, series just ends there the interesting thing about this one is even the introduction on the back um is like it's this, like it's like this might be the end, but it's not like the story's already over. Yeah, like this is just like a it's it's an epilogue. Also, I don't it's know an hour long epilogue, which is what which I which is re- interesting. Well, you say uh, interesting, I say really tedious the, and boring, and like uh, the, also introduced. It well, feels very like J.K. Rowling can, retconning like we, the entire story. <laughs> and we, you're just like, oh, except, they. Well, except not through tweets. We can hang on. <laughs> why don't? Why don't we talk? Because we should, I didn't like the last. Episode we should shelve J.K. Rowling's villainy for the post show because okay. I could go on that for hours. Um, but I wanted to let's talk about the last two episodes and then pivot into the end because I think the yeah. end might be a good place to wrap up. But just in case, if you're watching this, th- these books are like so beautiful. Oh my um, god, they're, they're just the, gorgeous. I love the um, the effect that they yeah, have on the, the um, binding. It's the so binding. cool. Um, yeah. If if you don't own the originals, you should get them. Um, David's recommendation yeah. for this week. Oh, the, read the books. The they're books. fabulous. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I think I might just because of how amazing the um this the screenplay for the show is. Yeah, it's I, worth like, it. I mean, I the books are the book. yeah. They're not quite as good as the show, but oh really? Yeah, damn, because that's the, unfortunate. Well, well, the show interestingly wraps up a bunch of stuff that the books never address because it has the luxury of retrospect. More just the language. I love the language. In it's the show. it's. I mean, it's, Patrick Warburton is genius <laughs> yeah. casting. I don't know how they. I don't know how they picked him, but like, holy shit. And just, you could not have picked like, that up. There's, there's, there are so many lines where there's just layers and layers of like pun and well, wordplay and I'm, sarcasm I'm, that I just love. Like especially if, when like all of the f- like the phrases they use, where he's just like, "I don't want your bitter apple," and you're like, "Oh, if, if it's you like, like this, literally." <laughs> if you like this, you should read um, uh, Oscar Wilde. Yeah, because it's very Oscar. And in fact, um, the hotel owners is a joke on the importance yeah. of being honest. Of being honest. Um, because I only picked up when I read your notes and went, no. oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, the whole thing's a joke about the importance <laughs> yeah. of being honest because instead, because it's like the last safe place is the country town. And instead of being two different dudes with two different identities, it's triplets with three different roles. Really interesting. But that's a whole like, I, I don't just, I, that's, that's a video. And like, that would that's take, a video like, essay that David is going to do. Take, like 20 hours of research. Yeah. And I'm not willing to do that <laughs> at this point. Um, last yeah. two episodes. But last two episodes. So I want to talk about the pacing issues that really struggle, um, that all that, that, the last two episodes really struggle from this problem of there's a lot of payoff in these episodes for things that connect to the first two seasons, but mostly for things that are set up at the start of this season. Because, like, we know the Sugar Bowl is important, and, like, the, mm. obviously the sugar being in it is kind of a fun twist. I like that a lot. Right. Um, but, like, things, you know, like, who, who, who really killed Olaf's father? You know, what motivation was there for him to kill the to come after the Baudelaire and become a villain? Like, 
I'm just not sure that that works as well as it could because it's only introduced in the season that he had a father that died. Like, I know that he laments it and stuff sarcastically a few times in season two, but it never, like, sticks, I, I mean, don't think, as a concept. I think because there's no... Yeah, there's no... Like, even the... um, Even, like, his mentors sort of have more presence than his father, which is meant to be, like, the driving the force trigger. behind the entire... Like, this entire three-season thing. It's it just like, could have been better if, if they'd at least... Like, if it'd been, like, alluded to or, like... And, like, built up and actually... Because we see that teased. book, we see yeah. that the book of uh, the complete incomplete book of secret organizations or whatever. Yeah, we see that open a few times. It would have been cool to like see like his name in there a few times, like some kind of hint or like scratch. Like I-, I know that when you go back through and you look at all the sections where Lemony Snicket's in his, you know, his office and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, you see on the walls all of the different research, and you can pause it and look at all the notes and things. Like but, I get, but I just I wanted. I- it felt like that if that was the payoff they were going for, it could have been. You know, in his moments of vulnerability with Esme, Olaf could have mentioned it or, like, ta- they could have had, like, more of a sincere connection. Yeah. And that would have given the the viewer something to be like, oh, what's this about? Like, you know, she could maybe try and talk to him about it. He could be, like, be real cagey, you know, and shut the conversation down or whatever. Well, I feel like those, the flashback scenes, they mainly focused on Limini. Because, but I think because he's in this season. Yeah. And I think because they they sort of realized, oh, we need to actually... Yeah, because he's in this season, because he appears and is suddenly... Yeah, they were like, he... There's like three time periods of Lemony in this yep. in this season. There's like the origin Lemony, there's the, the current... Current day and with then the there's and the then there's narration. Lemon, like the narration current, yeah, however yeah. long later however, that However is. long it takes for a kid to get to preteen, I don't, I don't know. know. 12, 13, 12, 14, yeah. 20. I don't know, kids will look the fucking same yeah, to me, kids. Man. I don't fucking know. Yeah, and... and but the important bit, yeah, the important bit is the death of Olaf's father. But you don't really get all it that. just felt, yeah, I don't know. It, it just kind of happens. And you're for, like, well, oh, okay. Because <laughs> for the first two seasons, I thought it was the death of Beatrice that was going to be the trigger for all of it. Because it seemed I like... Mean, that's the biggest... Because she's the biggest overture of the whole story. Yeah, literally then, at the start of every episode yeah, pair, you poem. get the for Beatrice. Which, yeah. by the way, I've got to say, I liked the way that they handled the reveal that she was Lemony's ex-lover and then the Baudelaire's parents, and they had, like, a different father. Thought that was really cool and, and smart. Yeah, and then I was like scratching my brain when, like, at the very end, she's like, "I am Beatrice Baudelaire the second. I was like, "Hang on, but you're Kit's daughter. Who wouldn't you be, Kit Beatrice the and like not Baudelaire? You'd be well, no, like, they would have. Of course, they would have called her Baudelaire because they fucking they would raised just, her. Just hijack her. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. All right, fair enough. Whatever. Also, like, but yeah. also, she's like, "I'm your niece," and it's like. Wait. Yeah, you are. Yes. Because you're Kit's daughter. But you, but, but then you're, you're also but Baudelaire. you've taken the Baudelaire name. Which yeah. is fine. People can have different last names. <laughs> it just did, it did seem odd. They it's didn't fine, Ben. People can se- have different did, last names. <laughs> it did seem odd. I know, didn't, but like... Uh. <laughs> it did seem odd they didn't call her Snicket. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I thought it was... Because Beatrice Snicket, but that's... That'd that could be that, more confusing. That'd be confusing because then you're like, well, did like, Beatrice and... Lemony marry because that would have even more confusing. No, but then it would be Kit because technically Kit would be... Well, it's like she's Kit Snicket, but if she has a child, oh, you assume she's married. Kid. Should be Kit, um, derp, 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 derp. Oh, d- uh, Dumont. <laughs> yeah, Dumont. You're right. Yeah. So she'd be oh. Beatrice Dumont, technically. Jesus. Well, yeah. I, okay. That's at that. I was thinking so about that today, and at that point, Baudelaire. I went, "Yeah, it's just do Baudelaire. Baudelaire's easier because <laughs> then you know who it is. That's a <laughs> yeah. smart move. I like yeah. that a lot. I was terrified that they were going to do a J.K. Rowling and have like the older 
kids rock up, you know, as adults or something. Oh, yeah, that scene where they were walking to the boat and My she was... Okay, that scene where they were walking to the boat and she was pregnant, I was like, um, <laughs> who is this? And I was like, okay, it's Beatrice. All right. Wait. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. they, they set it up in a way where they're sitting down and they're reading and then the voice changes and my brain oh, immediately no, I, went to Harry Potter. No, I, and we're like, oh, God, and they're <laughs> old and one of them pregnant. What the fuck? I thought that was clearly a flashback from context. Oh, my brain was just, yeah. woo! <laughs> my, my sphincter did tighten, though, when I was like, oh, are they going to ruin it? But, like, I, I thought it was a cute... Because we've never seen that character. I thought we've that never was seen fine. the father. And, like, we've seen Beatrice. I'm talking about the kid. Kit's kid. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. which I thought was fine. And like I'm like, yeah, if they want to do an, if they want to do more with the the existing source material, they can. You know, they've got they've set that up nicely. I get I mean, yeah, um, I guess they could technically just do Like we'll do all the wrong things, which is the the kind of follow up to this, which is about Snickets. I, I could like see them doing Snickets that. kids? Uh it's I don't want to it's complicated. Yeah. In the same way that this is really complicated where it's about Lemony Snicket, but it's kind of about the Butterlands. It's mm. kind of complicated. But yeah, they've they've left themselves <laughs> open to do more with it, but yeah, it just some of the world building and the pacing, like leading into that last episode, things like they could have introduced um, the fire in the fires, like when, like with the whole of everything we've been hearing about fires, 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 because Olaf is an arsonist. Yeah. Again, you could have planted that exposition in like episode one, where someone could have been like, "Oh, like the house burned down," and it was, you know, when someone says that's Count Olaf, they'd be like, "No, no, no, he he would he didn't use fire, like you know." Or Olaf could have been like, well, I wouldn't do the fires. I'd use a more sophisticated method. Like, he could have done something, I don't know, to, to seed that really early on. so that, And then throughout the show, small subtle hints, like just tiny little droplets in. Yeah. So that when you get to the end, you go, oh, he loves fire, but that's not his jam. What he really wants is that, that secret weapon. Or he could even have talked the whole time about, like, you know, he wants the fortune so he can recreate you know that that secret weapon like something yeah to like see, it's, to it's, see it in there. it's weird how much of a macguffin the um the the fungus becomes in this season i was i was really quite sort of like confused at that because at first when they sort of come across it it just it sort of just presents as a another one of the sort of pseudo villains that the show has had so just similar to the leeches yeah, yeah yeah where it's just like it's just a natural phenomenon it's just a thing that it, it's just like one of those wacky wild things that this universe always does where they take something that exists and just kind of like dial it up to 11 on the scale of dangerousness basically australian wildlife where it's like if there was a if if fungus existed in <laughs> australia if it was cold enough in australia for fungus to fungus. exist yeah we we have weak piss we have piss fungus. baby mushrooms we have garbage fungus if this is like the australia of fungus where it's like it's like completely deadly, kill you in an hour, kind of classic. Mm-hmm. You know the snake bite of fungi. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop talking yeah. about Australian fungi. I was just letting you vamp because I was like, he's gonna say something dumb at some point. <laughs> but um, I, f- I found it weird that it was like suddenly okay, it's it's like Sunny has it okay, and they they solve the problem. There's like a a wasabi joke, and you're like, all right, cool. It kind of funny. Yeah, it continues to push the idea that she's now a chef sure whatever i'm fine with that i like that one of the skills is like you're a genius inventor the other one's like you're amazing at research you know like, you can cook good you're a cook you're a real good cook hey um, look there's a there's a blue collar well, worker and everything like, well i think they that was <clears throat> it ties in well into the whole like what vfd is where it's not just brainy smart people it's like it's yeah, just everybody. interesting people it's, it's mountaineers people no poets folk. yeah yeah you know, that kind of thing where it's yeah, like yeah. yeah you can you you can you can chill with the inventors and the scientists if you're a chef if you're a good if chef you're a fucking chef you sure. chef about um but i yeah it was weird that because you know every single character that was like from vfd and like in hindsight it makes sense because 
the the fungus is like sort of the that's like the tipping point for the schism, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's so it makes sense that every character is like, oh my god, the the mitochondria. Well, because it's like finally the point where it's gotten too big, and it's like this is yeah. not this is no longer like something that is. Th- this is now a problem. Yeah, like, you know, and but it like it comes at a weird time where like when they reveal that Fanad burnt down the facility that was making it. Mm-hmm. When that happens, you're like, oh, okay. At that point, you don't really, like, at least I didn't realize at that point that this fungus is, like, integral to the plot. And it's a big deal that he burnt down the facility. Like, he is main, like, he is main character. Like, putting him there makes him, you know, he becomes- The tipping point. Yeah, he's, like, he's the Anakin. He he sets off Beatrice killing Allah's father. Like, it's, like, he's, like, tipping point. And at that stage, when it happens, I'm like, oh, he just- he was he's in VFD and interesting he interesting to say that because I knew because I read the books I yeah. knew all uh, some of that stuff going into it even though I haven't read them in a while it was only once it was literally only once like like Ishmael was like oh no uh, like that thing that I know the name of where I realized oh this is this fungus is actually kind of a big deal <laughs> literally yeah. the last episode where I it's thought like, the fact that it nearly physically killed Sonny I was like it must be important like I feel like that was I mean, a good virtue signal I mean, heaps of things have nearly f- yeah, killed them all. Not just fucking like. Cause, I mean, to me, that was like way more sinister than Olaf being like, "I'm a kacha." Like I, that for me, I was like, "Oh, they, like a child's gonna asphyxiate to death from an illness." That's but I mean, a bit darker. there was even that big monster in the water that nearly killed them. Like they've, you know, there's heaps of things. That, I thought that was pretty fun. Yeah. No, I've, I've, I didn't. For me, that wasn't the great unknown. That yeah, the great unknown. Someone was like, like, "I like the bit where they're like, it's a metaphor for death." so funny sure <laughs> well it's out like, there and the you don't know what it's gonna come for yeah. you and it comes and goes when it pleases like i, like I found like i didn't find that the um yeah i don't know like almost like the stakes weren't raised that much above what they're normally at when th- she caught be- the fungus i think because we just seen olaf and esme make a shit ton of villains almost instantly sorry orphans instantly yeah but they kill all those fucking parents in these terrible city fires in like you know, with with the help of who's it? The the mentors, the yeah. the a lady with hair but no beard, and a man with a beard but no hair. Like they do that, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty fucked. I thought that was their grand plan, is like proper just burn a bunch of just houses. make a bunch of or- and so but like no, Olaf it was has like a bunch they of wanted- the, well, I, I, it's like they wanted the sugar bowl because it has a cure for this particular well, they, fungus. They wanted the sugar bowl so that they could take. It's not a cure; it's an inoculation. Right, right, yeah. yeah. So, so I think what Olaf's plan, or what what Olaf was thinking, and what Asmay's thinking, or whatever I was thinking, is the villains are going to take this inoculation, destroy the rest of it, and then just wreak havoc on whoever they want. Kind of like they have all the cards, and suddenly everyone has to do what they say. Right. Which kind of makes sense, but I think my, one of the fundamental problems is that doesn't necessarily line up with the the forces of antagonism that we've seen constructed throughout the the I previous think, parts of the show. I think part of it is that they didn't. Yeah, they didn't. I don't think they set up the fungus well enough <laughs> to be mm. being this doomsday device it just it just felt like a it was like i got to a point where i was just like they're still carrying around that helmet that's i was like okay that's a bit weird that the fact that they're still carrying the helmet mm-hmm. um but yeah like it, it kind of just felt more like a plot device rather than a MacGuffin or a um like a chekhov's gun or something yeah, like that which i agree whereas i mean har- it was a chekhov's whereas gun. the harpoon gun was a appearing and well, it was like oh this fucking harpoon well, they, gun they needed a gun and they were like well we can't, we can't use just a, use a, a gun. gun which i thought that was fun so we use um, a harpoon gun. also something that needs to survive the ocean because that right. was the crucial thing so it could True, work yeah. on the island i was like yeah. that's fun i like that a lot <laughs> um uh let's before we kind of get into the final thoughts instead of wrap up and sure. stuff what do you think of olaf's olaf's death um and the way he went down 
like uh, there wasn't enough setup between Kit and Olaf for it to be a decent payoff. I felt because um, there was like literally one scene of them. I don't know if like, it was being together. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was supposed like to- narrative wise. Like, sure, yeah, it makes sense that they would. He, yeah, they would be the last two people there. But like, uh, like Didn't- she's she's pregnant with someone else's child, and she kind of hates you, and you're a bit of a dick. Kind of, but then, but then it's like <sighs> it's, it's. But then it's complicated because then she's done bad shit. Like I don't know it. I like that. Has she done bad shit? Well, like, I didn't pick up on that. I, I, the intimation of this season is that even the good guys do bad stuff yeah. for the right reasons. I don't know. Like, it, I've... The fucking follow-up series is called All the Wrong Reasons, Ben. Okay. It's almost like they're going for a theme or something with sure. unfortunate events. I didn't I, I, I didn't think like, oh, they were setting her up to be like someone that had done terribly bad shit. But I thought the implication was that even though Olaf has become a monster, he's a monster of... His circumstances creation. I think they it was tied well in the sense that like there was this this the sort of idea of having the having the moral compass where they were like they had at least in that episode they had all these opportunities to just let him die and like be free and you know which up until that point they were pretty much trying to do just in the sense of just running away you know they never really right. they never had opportunities to just straight up murk Olaf. They have that one time on the boat. Where they're going to push him over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But before that, like in uh, previous seasons, yeah, they no, never they, really have. There's no, never been any opportunities to actually get him. I mean, yeah, they they haven't been so explicitly able to just do something really simple or do nothing at all and have him just because he's he's always had the power. Yeah. yeah. So I think it was they. Th- I think that was the strongest bit where they were like, okay, well, we're not going to just let him die because that's cruel. We have moral compasses. Blah 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 blah. Um, and they, but th- but they kind of did leave him in the cage to die. Yeah. <clears throat> Which again, yeah. again, like they're not good. They're, like there is no such thing. I, I they like gave that. Gave him a fishbone. Like I liked any, like any, maybe they they knew he'd. Get I don't out. think. I don't know. It, it's just I just like the. <laughs> I, I, look, I liked how he did eventually come around. It it was not just but from it, a. But he, he didn't have like a complete redemption. But he at least he showed that he had more depth than just being a villain. Just being a complete yeah. And like I think that's really important for the thematic kind of overtures of not just the show as a whole but like the body of work that this is exploring and the concepts it's exploring where it's I like think- even th- these talented <clears throat> smart people like these these geniuses in all their fields these people that excel in everything who have this high society where it's about like exploring and the betterment of, of humanity like even the worst even when you're twisted into something terrible and evil you have the capacity still to do good things because like it's not as simple as just becoming well, a villain even like in the later ep- in like a lot of the episodes a lot of the drivers like olaf is like you can't kill me because i know things that you need to know it's like i know the secrets he's got and all the i cards. believed him like a hundred percent he does every- know all the secrets yeah, does. though but yeah. like, even when i like even when it because again i haven't read the books even when it's like happening it's just like i know things that you need to, need to know i like i was like oh You're shit like, you know things i, I need to like, know i was like i need this. to know yeah, yeah like I, tell like a hundred percent i was like so on board with that aspect of yeah. him that they push where it's just like he's he's a scumbag but like he knows things and he like, had a backup plan yeah which is when they catch me i'm, I'm gonna because i know it's in the fucking sugar bowl and that that question what i love is this entire season every time someone's about to answer it gets cut off yeah which I've, i thought that was just fun um because i was like no tell me now because i was like what if they change well and then it? and then yeah. when they open it and during the flashback and there's sugar in it you're like oh ha ha funny it's a sugar bowl there's definitely something yeah. more important in it, in it now and then when you it's like no it's sugar yeah, it's your sugar 
It's also an Annie, though. But <laughs> yeah, but it's that's but fine. It's still that's sugar. funny, like because you're like, what is? You're it? like, what it is? Because the whole time you're like, but what could you possibly fit in there that's so valuable? <laughs> so, so yeah, and it is just sugar. I don't know. That was really fun. Mm. Um, yeah, I-, I wanted to kind of wrap up by just briefly talking about like the style of the show, and this will kind of lead us into our kind of closing thoughts. Like, it's very Wes Anderson, it, particularly in season one. It loses some of that as it goes through because it, I think, it realized quite rightly that the material was better served by that being a backdrop, not a kind of focal point like yeah. season one has a lot of um uh, composite shots with models and things running on the, on the tram and that kind of cool wes anderson thing um even to an extent david fincher his style has a lot of influence on this show there's like some like every anytime they're in a car in this one like in a taxi being driven around that's still very wes it's anderson. very and it, or it, it reminds me of that scene in the social network where they're rowing on the lake and it's all model composite shots. Right, yeah. I don't know if you remember that, but it's one of those really weird, like, di- it's like a dioramas, but they're real people in a boat rowing. It's very weird. Right. And, like, that... that Oh, like the, the tilt shift yeah, photography. Yeah, the tilt shift photography. Yeah. And it's really cool and interesting. It looks great. And I think that both, like, the style of the show with Patrick Warburton as Lemony Snicket, his narration, the way that shapes oh my the narrative. Because he is just... He is an absolute still superstar. Yeah. And there is, a, there is a way that this show uses its material with, like, the Snicket's narration in the books and his his Oscar Wilde kind of pith and his sort of these these constant zingers that he's delivering, um, uh, and and the way that his investigation shapes the show, for me at least, like is proof that when people talk about adapting things and oh you know you have to change so much to adapt it, I think they they changed enough, but what they what they kind of nailed was the spirit and the heart of the work. And if you read the books, you get the vibe of the show. And if you watch right. the show, you get the vibe of the books. Yeah. And it's because it is about, like, people like Daniel Handler just really fucking likes people that read books. And, like, that's <laughs> really what it's really what it's about. It's people that, like, like, they like books, they like reading, and they like people who pursue education and pursue bettering themselves. Yeah. And that's, like, ultimately, like, even though all of these people aren't necessarily good or bad, the fact that they all do that is kind of, like, I think the true noble pursuit that this this all implies it's not whether or not you're a goodie or a baddie but if you do pursue those things and, and you pursue those higher forms of like education and art and science and just being better and making the world a more interesting place <clears throat> that's kind of I, I think that's what it's all about and i yeah. f- just really like that they were able to do it justice because i think that's sometimes really difficult yeah uh, you got any recommendations for this week oh uh, fuck <laughs> you mostly just watching um, this huh yeah, I'm playing Warframe, and yeah, I bought Warframe. I bought a Game Boy, and I've been playing Tetris, like mm-hmm. the Game Boy version, mm-hmm. and it's hard. I'm it's such a I'm, a, I'm a baby. It's used to yeah. baby baby Tetris. And all Tetris is fucking. All Tetris is really hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I've been uh, obviously still playing Moonlighter. Um, I was uh, very sick this week, so I spent a lot of time horizontal watching rewatching <laughs> rewatching Mad Men. Yeah. <laughs> Rewatching Mad Men. I went back up to like season six. That show is still the best TV show ever made. If you haven't watched it, you need to. Um, okay, I'll go watch it. I wait, have it. you not seen Mad no. Men? Dude. It's just that my simple pitch is it's it's every drama that's been on TV, except it's almost entirely subtextual. And just don't get caught up in the main ca- in wanting to be like the main character. Yeah, well, you're an adult he's, man, so you a, should be fine. A, right. Because you're I'm smart. above the age of 20, yeah. 19. Well... There's a lot of bro dudes Barely. who are like 35 yeah. and things. It's aspirational to do, but that's There's some good parts about Dondre. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm rewatching that, playing Moonlight. That's about it. Um, uh, I can't think. Yeah, that's about Facebook. it. Facebook. Uh, well, it doesn't really. The order is important for the rhythm of the show. 
I feel. Where can people find us? Well, David? no. Okay, where can people find us? Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> At DCMWorks Social. Uh, yeah, uh, YouTube. <laughs> YouTube.com slash DCM. Twitter. <laughs> At DCM underscore works. Patreon. Patreon.com slash DCM works. If you aren't watching this live and you want to see the post show, Patreon.com slash DCM works. There's an extra 20 minutes of the show where we just talk about different things. Uh, we answer people's tweets, Patreon comments, questions, all that kind of stuff. Um, you just get a little bit of extra us in your life, and that's not such a bad thing, I don't think. A little bit of extra you and me. You and me of- time. Personal one-on-one. One-on-one. Okay, we'll get rid of David. Don't oh, worry about it. I'm leaving. This we'll is me. It. Um, there's also like 50-plus episodes of behind-the-scenes podcasts, plus our ongoing uh, audiobook drama series, all kinds of good stuff, uh, as well as our Road to Infinity War series. Uh, and if you're a Patreon, you can get a discount on my book, which you can buy at maynardtrig.com. Uh, otherwise, if you want to follow us individually, I'm at DCMIHatePie. I'm at Literal Citrus. And we'll see you guys next week. And if you're watching live, we'll be back in five. <laughs>